Hi everyone, welcome back to Carmen's Corner where we talk about everything dance history. So in this week's episode, I'm going to be referencing two readings we discussed in class, and the first is entitled African Dance Divine Motion, and it's a chapter from a from a book. And the second reading is called Performing Trauma, the Ghosts and Slavery in Yoruba Music and Ritual Dance, which is a journal article. So I will be referring to these readings as reading one and reading two uh, in their respective order. Both of these readings touched on why ritual dances are performed and uh, also why they're important. And I think that both of them uh, articulated different aspects of uh, these concepts, and um, both of them are very important. The author of the first reading emphasizes how important it is to fully respect where a ritual dance is coming from and why it is performed and practiced, and I believe that um, this is important for learning about all things that we are unfamiliar with ourselves, um, but it's particularly important uh, in studying these ritual dances from other cultures that um, we may have never even heard of, uh, let alone uh, experienced in real life. So one important uh, point that I found from the author is um, her mention of letting go of safe and familiar notions, perceptions, and preferences. So we can have these um, sort of unspoken or maybe even unconscious biases or prejudice or assumptions about cultures um, that are not our own that we may think we know something about, but uh, really we we cannot truly claim that we know about uh, a different culture unless we um, properly study it. And um, this usually requires uh, visiting a community and truly learning directly from the people of that culture. So this is really especially important to um, learning about ritual dances. Um, we may not be able to go see these cultures and communities um, in person ourselves, but uh, the next best source is watching videos and um, especially reading about um, these dances and cultures uh, from authors who are directly related to this culture or who have uh, properly and thoroughly studied these cultures. Another important um, piece of content that I found from this first reading is something that the author refers to as the tubular effect, which by definition is um, the dancer focuses on sculpting content through space rather than on conquering space. Um, elements of weight, density, and um, rebound are more important than the appearance of being weightless, ethereal, or sparse. So this is, um, in my opinion, a um, direct opposite of uh, most Western dance forms. Um, the first coming to mind being ballet. Um, ballet is uh, really about that weightlessness, ethereal, um, sense of uh, 
movement or being, and um, that's just not what uh, African dance forms are about. Um, and I think that this is a valuable um, concept to think about when um, practicing Western dance forms and also, obviously, other world dance forms such as African dance, um, because they would not be um, what they are without the concept, because it's just inherently a part of um, those dance forms. But I think that it would be interesting if we all approached um, these Western forms of movement um, with this idea, um, because I think it's truly a valuable um, concept for dancers. Um, it it just will bring a different kind of movement quality and something unique um, that would ultimately set a dancer apart from um, other dancers when practicing um, Western forms in this way. Um, I think it could be really interesting. Um, another reason that I find this tubular effect fascinating and um, important to maybe think about including in all of our dance practices is the mention of um, dance focusing on um, sculpting content through space rather than conquering space. Um, because I sometimes think that Western forms are very... Um, for lack of a better word, showy, or um, they're very presentational um, in delivery and choreography. And I think that while this can be valuable, I believe that there's a deep and profound um, sense of artistry with the approach focusing on um, really partnering with the space and as um, other bodies in the space as well. Um, and I think that uh, shifting that focus from um, overt performance or, um, you know, the goal of entertaining or impressing an audience, um, I think that um, this tubular effect really prioritizes the experience of moving and the importance of um, community and connection with others in the space that are dancing with you. And um, I think that that can enrich performance uh, quality or performance effectiveness, truly, um, instead of this grandiose presentation of the self or of choreography. I think that um, naturally when, um, let's say it's a duo on stage, um, if you're dancing with a partner and you're not acknowledging your partner truly and, um, deeply and fully, I don't think that while maybe you're doing really impressive choreography, um, I don't think that, um, impressive movement or, um, entertainment style would um, outdo or trump um, just true connection with a partner or the space you're in if you're performing a solo. I think that um, this acknowledgement of who's in the space with you uh, is really truly special and um, 
will ultimately connect with audiences more than um, just impressive um, showmanship for, of choreography. Moving forward to the second reading, um, while rich in historical content, um, there was also very important content relating to dance, especially um, ritual dance, and how these dances are performed to um, pass on history and uh, preserve culture and to communicate um, and also to acknowledge um, past traumas of these communities of people. And this is a really interesting uh, concept to think about because um, it's not often that we really consider, you know, how dance can be healing. Um, you know, there are dance movement therapists and things like that, but it's it's not often, um, you kind of have to seek out that route of education. It's not often um, explicitly intertwined with um most curriculums. So I found this interesting, really insightful, um, even though um, a lot of it was historical um, information and factual, uh, this nod to these other purposes um, of these dances was very fascinating to me. Upon reading about how these great traumas that these groups of people um, experienced, I mean, war, slavery, um, all of these extreme traumas um, that they uh, work through via dancing. Um, it was truly inspiring and fascinating, and it made me really think about how um, dance can help heal um, all people, whether they're proclaimed dancers or not. Um, just the act of movement in the body is freeing, and that's really why these uh, dancers and um, communities perform these ritual dances, because they didn't always have um, other means of healing. And, um, you know, these go back hundreds of years. So before modern concepts of uh, healing or um, things that we may practice now that are more common. Um, and these new methods are not to discount um, what has come before them, but um, I think that going back to this idea of dance's healing is incredibly empowering, and I think that it could be um, more effective than a lot of the modern day, um, you know, methods of healing. Of course, modern medicine is fantastic and um, it has done a lot of things, but I think that on a more simple level, um, movement is healing. Just no matter what you're doing, it doesn't even have to be dancing. But, and like I said, you don't have to be doing you know, these impressive dance steps that you learn in a studio. Um, these rituals were performed for a reason, and they, they stuck around for a reason. And it's because they were truly, well, a part of these cultures, but also they were providing these groups of people with something 
that, um, you know, was so special and uh, it really truly helped them. And so upon just thinking about all of this further, I was like, well, are there any, you know, since I talked about Western dance forms earlier, are there any Western dance forms that I have experienced myself that um, kind of make me feel like I'm practicing self-healing um, when I perform them? And um, I think there are some, um, particularly modern dance techniques, that make me feel this way. Um, and yeah, I think that it's not as common, but I think that if that's another thing we could change our thought process behind why we're doing things, even like I'll use the example I said before, like in ballet, um, if we think about what we're doing with our bodies versus what you're trying to achieve or the aesthetic you're trying to achieve, um, that maybe these practices will gain another level of importance in our lives and that maybe um, approaching them with these thought processes that are so valuable that people have been practicing for years um, can truly heighten our experiences. I hope our time today has deepened your knowledge of ritual dances and why we should um, continue to learn about them and how we should go about doing that. And I also hope that um, maybe you gain some new insight or perspectives on these topics. And I would love if you shared your own thoughts about this episode in the comments. So thank you for listening and I'll see you back next week.